Hello, and welcome to Homework, a podcast by and for people who work from home. Episode 241, special guest Aaron Dolan, with your hosts, Dave Kahlo and me, Harry Marks. Today's episode is sponsored by Bottomless. Hello, Dave. Hey, Hey, Harry. (laughs) I was waiting with the Hey, Harry. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we trade off every week, and, you know, it's a crapshoot, so. (laughs) (laughs) You think I have the timing uh, down at this point, but I don't. Anyway, what's new and exciting over there in the Garden State? Just preparing for my son's uh, first week of kindergarten next week. So mm, I bought, that virtual learning. Yeah. So actually, this this is a nice little tip and trick. I bought a uh, basic shoe rack. Um, it's got a ver- it's a flat top, so it's not it doesn't have individual cubbies. It's like one flat wire shelf, and then underneath it another flat wire shelf, and it's sort of it's about the width of I would say your your average you know bookcase. Um, but it's really short. And so what we're doing there is I'm putting all of my work from home stuff, um, cause I start my job in two weeks. I'm putting all my work from home stuff there when I'm done for the day. And I'm having him pack up his backpack every night or every afternoon when he's done with school and he'll put his stuff there. And so that will be where our work stuff lives, um, while we're still doing this. And then, you know, every morning we'll come in and we'll unpack and work at the dining room table. Gosh, I'm so happy you just told that story because, uh, uh, some years ago, when I was writing for a website called unclutterer.com, I wrote an article about finding a home for your kids' school stuff, mm-hmm. including their bag. That way it doesn't get strewn all about the house and you always know where it is. And more importantly, your kid always knows yes. where it is. And I bring that up not only because it was a good tip and it is the beginning of the school year, but our guest this week is my former editor over at unclutterer.com. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us this week. Oh, this is so much fun. Thank you guys for having me. It's uh, it's fantastic to be to be here. Well, as we were talking about before we started, um, you and I worked together for, was it four or five years over at Uncluttered? Oh. But I think this is the first time we've spoken in person. It, it, it might just be. We were, you know, talk about a virtual work environment. It was <laughs> definitely virtual. Uh, yeah. It was. The writers were all over the place, um, even in other countries. Wasn't Jackie up in Canada at the time? Um, she was in Canada for part of the time, in England for part of the time. Right. We had Alex in Spain for part of the time. Wow. Uh, all, yeah. I think we had a couple of others from, you know, far flung corners of the world. It was, it, it, it was really, yeah. We were it, remote it was before it was environment. cool. Yeah. Well, Dave, well, you, I'm you very were used to that, right? Cause you were writing for two out too. And that was all remote. Yeah, so this all happened right around the same time. Um, when my daughter was born, she's 17 now, which is staggering. Um, I started a cute little daddy blog. Um, this was, and I had to use Adobe Go Live to publish it. This is before <laughs> blogging was easy, kids. It was a commitment. And um, that site got me my very first paid writing gig, which was for parenting.com. I wrote a little daddy articles for their um their parenting blog. And I think that is what eventually got me over to Unclutterer, which was my second ever paid writing gig. And I was there for just about four years. And right around the same time, um, I started writing at the unofficial Apple weblog at uh, AOL back when AOL tech was included uh, to, uh, as we called it. And so all these things sort of happened at the same time. And you're right. I was on several remote teams. So <laughs> I've been doing this for for quite a long time. Nice. So, Aaron, we're going to talk about uh, the old days. We're going to talk about what you're doing now. Um, 
just as a little tease for the listeners, you are now enjoying a nomadic work from home lifestyle, which is really interesting. And I can't wait to get into it. Yeah. Uh, but before we do, Harry, let's talk about the tools of the week. My tool of the week, you might say it's a cop out, but I will say it is a tremendously useful tool. And it is the little notebook and pen I keep in my pocket at all times. I know we've talked about drafts and other ways to take journal notes on the go, and those things are super duper. Um, but as far as speed is concerned, in my opinion, at least, there's nothing faster than just getting out a notebook and writing down whatever it is and then shoving it back in your pocket. So I've had a little notebook in my pocket uh, for years and years and years. And as something comes up that I know I need to capture so I can think about or process later, I'll often just jot it down in the little notebook and be good to go. So it is a low frills tool. You can go to the drugstore if it's open and get a spiral bound little notebook for 99 cents and a pen for not much more. And you are good to go. So that is my tool of the week, a little pocket size notebook and pen. Excellent choice. Um, I'm going equally analog this week. I tweeted uh, yesterday, I think, or maybe the day before. Um, if you find yourself fidgeting at your desk and you want something to do with your hands, I always keep a deck of cards with me. Um, ah. I, when I worked in New York, I used to take, uh, magic lessons at Tannen's Magic Shop, which is like the premier magic shop on the East Coast. If you're anyone mm. who's anyone in, in magic, you go there and you do talks and you do lectures and, you know, that's where you shop. And, um, so I used to take lessons there and I have like stacks of decks in a cabinet in my, on my home office. <laughs> and so I've just, I've been taking them out and I've been, uh, going on YouTube tutorials and learning like one-handed cuts and, you know, pharaoh shuffles and, and cardistry techniques and just stuff to do with my hands while I'm working, you know, trying to think something out. So it, it sort of keeps me, keeps my mind active, keeps my fingers active and, you know, allows me to, to do other things with my mind, you know, if I'm trying to work out a problem or something. So yeah, yeah just a simple deck of cards. Keep it at your desk and have something to do. Idle hands are the devil's workshop, Harry. That's right. So, uh, Aaron, I know we asked you uh, a little earlier in the week to share a favorite productivity tool. Do you have a favorite productivity tool that you love to use or is part of your everyday? Well, so right now I'm, you know, Trello is mm -hmm. pretty much my standby for for work stuff, you know, yeah. that, that I use, um, in other environments I've used Jira. So Trello is just a very smooth transition, uh, for me to, to use that. And as an individual, you can just sign up for a free one person account. So I, I've been recommending that for a while now. I, but I'm, I'm a very kinesthetic person and I honestly, I, I laughed as both of you were talking about your items because both of those are what I, you know, are what we refer to as pocket size. Mm -hmm. But the only way any of those will ever fit in my pockets is if I buy men's pants. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like the, the, they are so not women's pocket size. That's uh, which, true. I should not have made that generalization when I no. said go out and get one. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's so funny because that's why I buy men's pants. You know, like, and now I wear my son's hand-me-downs. So, you know, I, I'm just. <laughs> I'm just wearing his pants. Um, <laughs> but that sounds wrong. I apologize. <laughs> um, well, he but is growing he, like a weed. <laughs> he is. He's 11. He's over five foot five. You know, wow. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm blown away. Um, but, <laughs> but right. So I wear, and he's all torso, so I can wear his pants and, um, I'm just, so happy to have pockets, you know, um, yeah. for things like that, because I, as I said, I am very kinesthetic, so I have to write 
I have to write things down. So mm-hmm. right now I've been using, what is this? It's a design works ink notebook. And I like it because at the top of every page I can mark the date. Um, there's just, oh, know, nice. um, and so I like that, but I have been looking at, and maybe you guys know some, but I'm really excited about the remarkable two tablet. Yeah. Uh, I've been looking at that. Yeah. So that's, that's on my potential next productivity uh, list. So, so stay tuned for that result. Uh, so those would be my, my tools. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The no, earlier in the week, I saw you tweet something that I wanted to make sure I mentioned. Um, you mentioned on Twitter that you were looking for, I think you put it as tiny things to make life better. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that search. Right. Well, so I'm sure we'll talk about this in a bit, but you know, I'm a digital nomad. I live full time in an RV. It's a 36 foot fifth wheel that we tow behind a Ford F-350. And so, you know, combined between the two spaces. So counting the space in the cab of the truck, as well as the space here, there's uh, less than 400 square feet. And most of it is furniture, you know, and appliances and, and everything. So it's a small space, two kids, two adults, a cat, you know, we're all, we're all in here together. And so there is just not space for, you know, for things, you know. And yeah. so what has really captured my attention lately are just these tiny things we have that make our lives easier. And one of those is uh, the mini hero clip, I think was my first post on Twitter, which, you know, it's a carabiner but it has a swivel arm to it. So we hook them on to cabinet doors you know, <laughs> and, and just anywhere we can, you know, hang up pan towels, hang up bathroom towels, hang, you know, keys, all of it, you know, hats fits onto these. And we have regular carabiners too, but the hero clips have just that nice functionality of, I don't have to worry about how I'm putting things on it because it yeah. can swivel around. Right. So I like, I like those also. You know, part of the time, there's only two of us here. And so our dishes, um, clearly we don't have dishwasher in here, you know, so everything is by hand. But when there's just two of us, sometimes all we have are two plates and, you know, two pieces of utensils. Mm -hmm. And so dishes, you don't even want to make a whole thing of sink full of water. So, you know, we've moved to using like a loofah sponge with no talks is the brand, but it's a bar of dish soap you know so it's like mm. you rub the loofah on it and wash your dishes and that's, <laughs> that's it and there's no waste and it takes no time nice. and my partner is very tall um i think he's like six four or six five and so you know even leaning over the sink is hard for him if there's a traditional thing oh, yeah. there so, so you know it's those types of little things and i just keep finding them and and you know, posting them as I, I'm like, oh yeah, this just makes my life so much easier. <laughs> nice. Yeah. This, well, um, this, uh, well, go ahead, I, I do have a question related to this, which is, um, uh, since we're talking about things, you know, how do you choose what it is you bring into the RV? Is it zero sum? Like, you know, one comes in, one goes out, or is it, you know, you pick and choose? Cause I know you're maximizing storage as much as possible and, and, you know, how much space is available. Right. So, um, our, I'll start by saying our biggest downfall are books. Both Chris and I (laughs) I and the kids are huge readers. And so those types of things come in and it's not until 
you know, at some point we realize, oh, we have two crates of books sitting in the middle of the living room floor that we keep tripping over, you know, and then it's like, okay, well, let's take these to the local library or, you know, whatever is necessary. And um, so we don't have a zero sum policy on books, but with other things like Tupperware containers, we're slowly in the process of replacing those with, you know, reusable food containers. So I mentioned stasher bags earlier. I mean, those things are expensive, but wow, are they amazing. And so we have, you know, just over time, you know, you pick one up and then a month later you'll pick up another one. And then we don't buy things like zip top bags anymore. We aren't buying, you know, reusable food. I mean, we aren't buying single use or what do you call it? I don't know. Like those glad containers that you would take lunch in kind of thing. Exactly. Whatever those are called. Food storage semi stable. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that thin flimsy plastic and the, the lid. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and we even, obviously we're not going out to restaurants now, but when we, in the past, I always feel like this alternate reality I'm talking about before the pandemic, uh, We even have a backpack kit. It's an insulated backpack that's in the truck with us that has reusable metal straws. It has, um, you know, food storage containers. So we're never bringing more plastic, you know, more Mm -hmm. single use stuff back into the RV. Um, So, you know, we feel a bit like, I don't know modern era hippies or something as we go (laughs) with our backpacks but uh but yeah just little things like that that we do on the regular that i don't think most people do we also are super into experiences as opposed to stuff um so if we do buy big things it's almost always experience related as opposed to you know, just having something around. So we don't own kayaks currently. I don't even think right now we could buy them if we wanted to. But, you know, that's a conversation we've had in in the past. Oh, and Dave will appreciate this one. We're also completely obsessed with board games. Mm. Um, so right now we're in kind of this like escape room phase. I don't oh, know. Yeah, very fun. Yeah, so we probably have about 20 to 30 of those games. Yes, they'll take up space quickly. Yeah. So we make donations, you know, we'll, it's like books. We find, oh, we don't have anywhere for them. So, okay, (laughs) off they go. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We've been in in our house, you know, we we have more room, but we also have a ton of clutter. And I should probably read some of your books because I need to get rid of a ton of stuff. But, um, you know, I've been really <laughs> big on the, the card games because they're small. They fit anywhere. You can take them with you. So um, I was telling Dave the other day we were playing Sushi Go, which is a really fun card game. Um, I have an Oregon Trail card game. And then there's like Cards Against Humanity and, and other stuff. But, <clears throat> you know, things that don't take up a whole lot of room, but that are, you know, that give us a ton of fun for like... 20 30 minutes at a time yeah we have that plus we also repackage everything um yes that's a great tip that so like board games which come in these huge boxes right they get thrown you know into you know a stasher bag or whatever you know and they live in that as opposed to living in a giant huge (laughs) container i do the same thing the boxes are 
once you open it, it's like open a bag of chips, right? Half of it is air and half of it is chips. Yep. Um, usually when you buy a big fancy board game, it comes in this gorgeous looking box. Um, it's but like album art. it is much more room than is needed to store the pieces. So I'll always break them down and put them in some little thing. Yeah. I mean, you're in a physical house, Dave, but your house is not, you know. It is tiny. Yeah, <laughs> we you are have in this, a great place. But yeah. I call it the glorified shed. It is not a big house at all. It's a little tiny Cape Cod house, and you can throw a tennis ball easily from one end to the other. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I mean, it's more room than you're living with now, but still it's not it's not spacious. So we have to be careful about where things go and where things are put and what stays and what doesn't stay. Mm-hmm. Well, we could talk about our living arrangements all day because it is fun. And I'm just hoping my dog doesn't have a bark fit because he has that look in his eye. <laughs> um, but while we're thinking about that, Aaron, um, why don't you tell us what is the work that you do? Right. So uh, I work for a boutique digital design and development agency. It's called Vulcan CA. Um, I'm in their digital marketing department. It's a global agency. So, you know, when I said I wanted to be remote full time, you know, it was absolutely, you know, no one was phased by this. Uh, mm-hmm. And especially because of COVID, everybody was remote. Uh, I'm the very fortunate person right now to have found a job during uh, the the pandemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was laid off at the very beginning of it all in a giant 600 person let go. So Mm -hmm. um, I just feel really fortunate right now because I really like the work that I'm doing and, you know, the people I've landed with. So I'm counting that as my, my blessing for 2020. Uh, But back to non-work. So although, you know, I'm at Vulcan CA right now, I'm not known for, for that. Uh, you know, what we've already talked about, you know, I was editor in chief of the Simple Living website and clutterer.com for just shy of a decade. Mm-hmm. And I still write and consult, but I did leave that world uh, because it also started cluttering up my life. It was, <laughs> a, you know, it went from being a 30 hour a week job to being an 80 to 90 hour a week job, wow. if not more, and overnight trips. For, you know, it was just, it was a lot. And my kids were both, you know, young at the time and I was, it was too much. Uh, so yeah, being head of a media company and, and traveling, <laughs> it, not simple living, I think is the best way to say that, but yeah. I still do, you know, I, I'm still in that world because I'm, I'm a minimalist and I'm a huge activist for simple living and, and all the benefits that, that it has. So that's, that's, that's what I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, in addition to that, you know, also I mentioned, you know, a mom of two and mm-hmm. I have joint custody. So most years they're with me 50% of the time this year, it's a little bit more than that, but, uh, I think that, you know, it's, it's fun for them <laughs> to be on the road as much as it is for me. I have a partner who uh, doesn't think that, you know, my way of pursuing my life is wackadoodle. <laughs> so that's good. And that's then, always important. Yes. <laughs> right. And then, like I said, I have a cat. Her name is Susie and uh, she is just a ball of energy. So I imagine you know, she's yeah. unfazed by where you happen to be or what's traveling. Just, 
Every day is good for Susie. Well, she's new to the nomadic lifestyle. We okay. had a cat uh, for 18 years. She has unfortunately passed away, but she was a great traveler. And uh, Susie so far has been to the vet many times, and uh, she seems to like car rides. So I think we're good. <laughs> and as long as there are squirrels and birds out the window, you know, yeah, she's entertained. Be, yeah. Yeah. When when did you make the the switch from a, a stationary to a nomadic lifestyle? Was it, did the pandemic fuel that uh, catalyze that, or had you done this long before? Before, thankfully. Um, so I went remote work. I think it was the spring of two thousand six. Hmm. Yeah, spring of two thousand six. I started working from home full time and then in April of 2018. So almost two and a half years now we've been full time RV and the big change was moving from an office to the house, not moving from a house to an RV. That was super easy for me, but it was in the beginning things like learning your laundry routine doesn't have to happen. It's 1030 in the morning, you know, or (laughs) You know, you you don't have to eat constantly uh, when you're at home. You know, things like that. That was a lot harder for me than, than you know, packing up and getting rid of so much stuff and <laughs> hitting the road. So, so yeah, um, in fact, during these times, I always feel like there should be, like, you know, some music in the background that... Yeah, some sort of dramatic uh, stinger. Right. Yeah. There right. were the before we're... times, and now there is only the after times. <laughs> <laughs> Right. With the pandemic, we've been less mobile, uh, mostly because a lot of the types of places we like to go are still closed or they're just completely being inundated with people right now. So it's either one extreme or the other. And so we're trying not to add to all of that. (laughs) So, uh, you know, we've only moved, I think twice since the pandemic started, Mm. uh, right now we're outside of Charlotte on a farm and, uh, it's been, it's been fun to have a little piece of, of land, you know, to roam on. Uh, but we, we hope to be back, you know, uh, moving a little bit more frequently, uh, once Mm. things start to open back up again, but yeah, it's, so Seriously, I, I need like a mute. I do have to ask: Do you drink coffee, and, and what is your morning routine like? Right, so I I do drink coffee. Uh, it's instant, which I think is just you know horrifying to a lot of people. But I don't have <laughs> space for a coffee maker, um, so I, I I drink the instant, and uh, I'm 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 okay with that because I can also easily make it if we're backpacking. Um, oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've I've trained my taste buds. Uh, yeah, yeah. And when I make things like tea, you know, I don't have a, a kettle or anything like that. I'm using a pan, you know, or a pot, you know, to do stuff in. Um, so it is it is funny in that aspect. The reason I ask is because uh, our sponsor this week is Bottomless, the best way to have great coffee while working from home. Uh, and if you are 
less nomadic and you're you're more stationary and have one place where you get your mail, then this is probably the perfect solution for you. Bottomless is a smart coffee subscription. Instead of shipping you a bag every week or every month, they ship based on your coffee usage. The coffee is great too. It's roasted to order and shipped straight to you. How does Bottomless know when to ship? It's genius. They ship you a smart Wi-Fi scale with your first coffee order. You set it up with your Wi-Fi once, then just store your coffee on top. The scale learns from your usage and automatically keeps you stocked by ordering your next bag to arrive before you run out. The scale sends an alert before the order goes through, so you can modify the order or delay. It's battery-powered, lasts a year on a single charge, and is about the size of one coffee bag. You can store coffee in a container on top of it or just in the bag. The coffee comes from a network of excellent craft roasters across the U.S. It's guaranteed to be roasted to order, and Bottomless uses data science to pick you the very best bag. Signing up is easy. You'll be asked to pick a roast level, size, and price level. Then, just buy the first bag of coffee and the scale gets shipped to you free of charge. Set up the scale with Wi-Fi once, and voila, amazing coffee at home automatically. And of course, there's a deal for homework listeners, too. If you sign up through bottomless.com homework, you'll get your second bag of coffee free. Signing up supports the show, so if you drink coffee at home, head over to bottomless.com homework. Thank you to Bottomless for supporting homework. Second bag for free. That's right. I have my new bag on the way. I'm very excited. That's an IoT like use I can get behind. Oh, it's fantastic! Well, with the with the pandemic, so before the pandemic, I was buying coffee in the city. I was getting you know three dollar Starbucks every day, and you know that starts to add up. And so um, the other problem I found was when I would go to the grocery store because I'm drinking all week. I uh, drinking coffee all week. I should specify, um, <laughs> although drinking all week too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we gotta I, get through it somehow yeah exactly i i would run out and i would forget to buy and so i would get through the next week and i would be like i have no coffee and i am sad so when i saw this pop up i i signed up right away and now they're sponsoring the show which is fantastic but i i've been a fan of theirs for several months now very nice thank you bottomless uh so aaron right now what does working from home look like for you well let me give you the tech specs first i guess yeah uh, yeah, so I have two MacBook Airs. One is for personal, one's for work. I I don't, you know, deal with a lot of data, so I can thankfully use a, you know, a lighter powered machine. Yeah. Um, I have a a lap desk. I mean, we're we're <laughs> talking throwback to third grade right there. Um, I think it's my lap gear. Um, is that I the am bean bag right underneath? now. Oh yeah, that's exactly nice. what that is. Um. And uh, it has a, a non-slip surface, which, uh, you know, as someone who balances her coffee precariously next to her <laughs> laptop. That's important. Yeah, that, that, that's great. Um, I am currently sitting in, and almost every day I am sitting in, it's a collapsible Alps Mountaineering Low Rocker. It's a rocking chair. I, I think that's like the majority of my workout is, you know, <laughs> rocking <laughs> on a daily basis we, i mean we do have proper you know recliners and a couch in here but i i think i like the movement or so i'm, I'm not sure what it is but for now <laughs> that's where it is i have let's see a few pairs of very inexpensive sony earphones i should have a subscription service to them because you know <laughs> that's how they work and i will admit i you know ergonomically speaking i I have posture that absolutely nobody envies uh, because of my, you know, the way that I, that I work. And 
you know, I'm mostly in the living room. I can work from the dining table if I'm not fighting one of the kids for it or, <laughs> you know, Chris, because one person can work from the dining table. That's, that's what an RV dining table, you know, that's yeah, size. Right. Uh, sometimes I work from bed, uh, because, you know, it's quieter in there and I can actually shut the door. But if I'm somewhere and the weather is nice, I, I will work from, uh, I have, a was it Kutek hammock, which is fantastic. Um, oh, wow, that's or, nice. yeah, or I move my, my folding rocking chair outside and all <laughs> nice. that or a picnic table. Uh, I mean, since we are limited on space, we do spend a lot of time, you know, outdoors if, if we can, you know, yeah. if, if we can do that. So that's kind of like the physical setup, uh, from a tech perspective. I feel like I need to issue a disclaimer. Whenever I tell people that I work, you know, live and work from an RV, I think they imagine that I'm, you know, in some complete backcountry isolated location, which, I mean, yes, that <laughs> happens sometimes. But for the most part, uh, you know, my partner and I, we both have, you know, digital jobs, we both need a connection at least 40 hours a week. So, you know, we are in small towns, usually 15,000 or, you know, or fewer people. But um, we are loyal followers of the open signal site. Because for what we do, we have to have at least a bar of cell data. So we're not you know, usually we're closer to civilization than I think people imagine. Um, so we use the open signal site to make sure that we have, you know, some sort of cell capacity before we go somewhere. We primarily hotspot from our Verizon cell phones. Um, I was on AT&T and anywhere past like St. Louis is just, you can't. Um, so I switched over to Verizon. Um, my kids are on a Verizon Jetpack MiFi. Uh, so that we're not competing, you know, between their schoolwork and our professional work. Uh, we have a WeBoost 4GX cell phone booster and uh, Wilson Electronics model. I looked this up 700-2700 wideband directional antenna, which yeah. is the, the most powerful you can get without having to file it um, with the government. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have. We also then have a Wi-Fi Ranger. It's an elite AC pack. It's also very powerful. Uh, so we can get a signal in the mile to two mile range. So that means libraries, Starbucks, you know, if anyone is in, you know, within the realm of that antenna, we don't even have to leave the RV, uh, if we want to pick up a Wi-Fi signal, uh, you know, we do have a pretty nice, uh, firewall and, you know, embedded in here, but uh, you know, we'll call it Acme. I have no idea what, what brand that is. Um, but you know, so mostly we're cell data. Sometimes we're, we're Wi-Fi. for the most part, I find it's more stable than most of my coworkers. So, uh, <laughs> that's, that's good. I have been known to spend a morning or two at Panera to download updates. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that answered your question fully, but that's kind of our, our rig here. Yeah, definitely. I have a Verizon jetpack too, that I use quite often. My day job has me 
bouncing from clients to clients, and often that's people's homes. And sometimes they don't have um, Wi-Fi or they don't necessarily want to give me their password because they haven't set up a guest uh, password. It's just their main password. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I meet people at other locations where Wi-Fi is unavailable. And the Jetpack has worked great. I've had it for about a year and a half now. And yeah, I really like it. Yeah. And we haven't had problems with it even when you hit your limit and you down, you know, you downgrade to the... Mm-hmm to the lower uh lower data even then i i just feel like there just must not be a lot of people on the service so even even when it downgrades you're not competing with people still so we've even had you know pretty decent luck when we've reached our our data limits on it how does it maybe we should keep that quiet people don't go out and buy one of those (laughs) How, how does it uh, work with the the jetpack and the kids, you know, schooling over the internet and Zoom and all that? How, how does that all handle it? Yeah, so uh, they're both on it. My son's on a MacBook. My daughter's on a Chromebook. Okay. Mm-hmm. The we found that the antenna on the Chromebook isn't as I don't know. I think it's the antenna, but it just doesn't seem to to be as strong it doesn't it doesn't seem to take over the signal as much as the macbook does so we do have to literally put the the jetpack next to her laptop during the school day Mm. um so that she can you know have some signal from it Mm. uh my my kids go to the same school but they're not on the same class schedule which Mm. That's a nightmare. Um, but so there are times during the day, too, when they're not even competing with each other for uh, those streams. So, so far, it's been, you know, it's it's been OK. But they're also, you know, they're having morning meetings and, you know, yeah. the teachers, the, the teachers showing her screen, you know, so it's there's not a lot. I do have them turn off their upstreams. If they're not, you know, if their teacher is presenting, there's no need for them to, mm-hmm. you know, be streaming up their videos. So I've, yeah. I've trained them to, you know, just turn <laughs> off, turn off that function. So they're, they're not, you know, overwriting the other one. But right. so far it's been, I probably shouldn't say that aloud. So far it's been okay. Knocking on wood <laughs> trim there behind yeah. me. Yeah. Very nice. So what, when you, um, when you were making the move to RV living, um, what was the decision-making process like when you were considering what to take with you and, and what to either toss or maybe put into long-term storage? Yeah. So we were ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so we, we moved things into the RV and of course what we thought we were going to need and have a space for, it was embarrassing, you know? Um, so <laughs> Literally, like within 15 hours, I think we had a long-term storage space. Um, so we put all these things in there and we were like, okay, well, here's what we'll do. Within a year, the things that we missed, you know, we'll pull out, you know, and then we'll donate the rest. Um, we didn't miss a single thing. And in fact, we ended up 
you know, probably within six weeks of being in the RV, completely doing a huge uncluttering of the RV itself. Wow. I mean, I brought 36 cookbooks along. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no explanation for that. It's completely, <laughs> like, under every single rational cell in my body. Yeah. <laughs> Those were gone. Um, you know. Some library in the Denver suburbs got, you know, a gift of <laughs> 36 cook. I mean, I don't even look at cookbooks when I'm cooking. You no. know, I, I use an app called yeah. Paprika. I, I pull stuff down from the internet or I take a picture of something and I save it in my phone. Like, I, I never open a cookbook anymore. No, I don't know what I was doing. Yeah, I mean, but, but things like that, you know, I brought along dress clothes. I mean, even before the pandemic, where was I going to go and need heels? You know? Yeah, so I, I know what you mean. My wife has said to me, you're almost 50. You should own a suit. And on one hand, I understand what you're saying, but I'll never, ever, I hate to say it. It's a funeral or a wedding. They're the only times I put a suit on. And everyone I know is <laughs> in between those two things right now. So I just can't. See, and I can't justify buying a suit. When I was working in the city, I that's the one thing I miss the most is wearing a suit every day. I've got seven in my closet, uh. and I would just rotate through them. <laughs> and I, I've got different ties and and lapel buttons and and all the stuff. Like I would go to the nines, and I miss it like crazy. I own three pairs of jeans. I own like almost no jeans. I own no shorts. Um, you know, like I I could declutter wow. most of my clothes if I wanted to. Um, and I have, I've gone through, I've gone through my stuff and gotten rid of t-shirts that I never wear, stuff with holes in it, socks, underwear, like all of that stuff I can, I can purge pretty quickly. Um, you know, once it gets to a certain point, but suits, ties, dress wear, I have tons of it. Wow. Was that called a capsule wardrobe? Didn't we write about that once, Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you... we have, but yeah, I have one black dress. You know, I call it the marriage funeral dress, you know. Yes, exactly. I, I don't even think I could fit into it. You know, when <laughs> when I moved into the RV, I was coming off of my tri, you know, I was competing in triathlons. You know, I, I mean, I haven't gained that much weight, but my entire body has changed shapes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, I don't have these massive swimmer shoulders anymore. Um so, you know, like it's, I, yeah, I, I should probably put it on, but yeah, I have one dress and, uh, that's, that's it. And shoes. Um, Chris has four pair and then a pair of slippers. And I do have, I think six pair of shoes right now, mm-hmm. uh, and a pair of slippers. So like just, I, before we moved into the RV, I easily had, you know, more more than six pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I still wear the hiking boots with the holes in them, much to my wife's chagrin, but they're oh, comfortable no. now. Yeah. So, Aaron, um, you've talked about the kids. Um, I know you live with your partner who, like you said, um, is okay with your wackadoo lifestyle. <laughs> um, this is something that Harry and I have talked about on the show several times. Um, how do you get work done while also making enough time for the family? Yeah. So now that the kids don't have to be like, I'm going to take a step back here. I I really feel for people with very young children right now. Like 
Wow. Um, because my kids are old enough where you can sit them down in front of a computer, plug some earphones in their ears, you know, the teacher starts talking and between, you know, nine o'clock in the morning and four o'clock in the afternoon, they are zoned in, you know, to what's going on except for at lunchtime. So, you know, I do have to give that caveat is that, you know, my kids are old enough to, you know, when school's done, do their homework for the day and, you know, and, and have a, a self-managing aspect to them that mm-hmm. you know, younger children don't have. So for me, you know, by 9am, we're all staring at a machine, you know, kind of just living in our own little microcosms for, yep. you know, for the day. But once school is over and once homework is put away, you know, we're all in the kitchen because I mean, it's an RV. Everyone's in there anyway. But, you know, <laughs> we're all in the kitchen. We're making dinner. We're talking about what we have done. It's almost as if we've all been someplace else, you know, during the day. Yeah, right. What happened in your day? <laughs> right. Um, you know, so we have those conversations. And then, you know, uh, we do stuff. Um, so I had to trick myself into believing that I'm training for some non-existent race right now. Mm. Um, so I'm back on a triathlon training schedule and I've roped Chris into it. Um, poor guy. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're doing that. Firstly, her V, now this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, and everyone thinks, by the way, that he convinced me, which I just absolutely love that that's the, you know, the perception. <laughs> Never would a, you know, a woman want to do this, you know, and I'm like, come on, let's go. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, so we get out, we do our exercise, the kids scooter along or, you know, whatever they want to do to join us. And, you know, we'll play a board game. You know, or if we're someplace more exciting, um, you know, than we are pandemic times, mm. um, you know, we'll we'll go out on a ranger walk or we'll, you know, do a hike or, you know, sign up on the weekends for whitewater rafting trips or, you know, backpacking trips, whatever it is. And again, the kids are now old enough to, you know, go along and you know, you can go more than five feet before one of them throws themselves on the ground. and <laughs> Right. Or needs the bathroom. Right. Well, oh, but I will say kids in outdoor bathroom. I mean, they both just think that's the neatest thing ever. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, they're in that stage and they're not so old that it's uncool to be hanging out, you know, with mom. And yeah, doing- that's, that's where mine are. Yeah. So it's a good... I got a good age for the pandemic right now. Perfect. Yeah. So, you know, my thing was that I didn't want to be someone who took, you know, who worked and, and had this compartmental life most of the time. And then two Mm. weeks a year went on vacation. I wanted to be on vacation and work from vacation, you know, and it's, I, I probably shouldn't say the word vacation because it, it gives this sense of privility to it or, you know, lack of seriousness, you know, to the work that we do. But it it's just 
I don't want to have to fly, you know, 18 hours, you know, in an airport to then spend four days in a place I'm not really going to learn about. I'm not going to contribute to that place. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to be someone who comes in and leaves and, and doesn't understand. But we go to these places now and, you know, we sign up for community science projects. Um, you know, we worked before the pandemic, I was volunteering time at the Georgia Sea Turtle Center. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've done trail maintenance. And, you know, you when you go to things like the public library in these small towns, you get to know people um, in the communities, and you just get this real sense of place that exists out there. And that's that's what I wanted. And I wanted my kids to wake up next to the Grand Canyon and I wanted them to, you know, go to places where none of their classmates, you know, have, have been before and show them this world. And now, you know, my youngest, she's on target to be an entomologist or a geologist. And if she doesn't, I will just be floored Hmm. because there is not a strange bug that we can walk past without her, you know, stopping and (laughs) analyzing it. And, you know, that sense of awe and wonder in her about nature just didn't exist before. So, so that's, that's what brought me to this and not being attached to stuff or a place has really helped with that. Um, Also knock on wood um, health plays a big part in that, you know, my, my parents aren't, you know, in a condition to need help right now. Um, you know, both Chris and I and the kids, I mean, we have small medical things, but, uh, you know, nothing that's preventing us from, you know, being out. So I want to do this now. I don't want to wait until I'm 65 because my body, you know, I've got hip issues. I've got, you know, all these things. It's just, it's going to be ready to retire, you know, and take a rest. Something that, that. um, something that Dave and I talk about a lot, uh, which is work-life balance. You know, we, we talk about how you don't want to let your work life creep into your home life. You want to keep them separate because you, you don't want to spend your, your last moments on earth on your deathbed saying, man, I'm really glad I checked my emails right before we did this. So, but it sounds like you, your work-life balance is very fluid and and the reason it works is because it's integrated. Is is that right? Yeah. And I would say it always has been. And I'm one of these people who believes that your work has to be one of two things. Either it has to be a complete part of who you are, or it has to be completely opposite of, you know, it has to be something that you can clock out at 5 PM and turn your brain off from it you know, and just pack it away in a mental box, you know, and, and either one of those, you know, one of those two things has to, has to be it. Because if you're somebody who isn't committed to your work, you know, you know, who's just not full deep in it, well, then why are you checking email at seven o'clock at night at the dinner table? You know, so it's, yeah, Yeah, it makes sense. And th- and that's that's where I am. A, a lot of the stuff I spend the, my my quote free time on is the the work that I 
absolutely love doing. It's, you know, it's podcasting, it's writing, it's, you know, doing the stuff that I'm, I'm hoping will get me to a point where I can do it full time, but it's the stuff I'm, I'm using my free time for. But the, the, the stuff I'm paid for, that's nine to five. And if I don't have to check my email, if it's not expected of me to check my email after five o'clock, I'm certainly not going to do it because it's, oh. it's not benefiting me at all. I lost you there for a minute just to. Oh. Yeah. It's okay. That's why we record locally. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, Aaron, all that stuff sounds great. And I just wanted to ask at this point, how or when does it get difficult? Right. So, I mean, it gets difficult when things like something needs to be repaired in the RV and you have to turn your house over um, <laughs> to, you know, a service provider to fix. Um, there are very few remote RV repair people across the country. Um, almost, I would say one out of four places we go, there's a remote uh, person who's, you know, who can come and, and work on the RV. So for the most part, you know, you have to take it somewhere and, and RV repair is not known for its, you know, speediness. Um, so, yeah. you know, you not only have to pay for the repairs, but you have to pay for the hotel costs. You have to get everything you could possibly need, you know, out of the RV. Um, mm -hmm. you have to deal with food. Um, you know, you have to empty your refrigerator and freezer, which can mean an expense, you know, in terms of losing, you know, losing food. So it's just something that all has to be coordinated and, and done in that way. Um, so that's the biggest difficulty, um, on the positive side that rarely happens. Uh, so that's good. Um, I guess the other thing would be, you know, coordinating where you're going to go and really relying on the information you get about the place you're going to go. Because, you know, we read all these reports of people at Furnace Creek Campground in Death Valley, you know, saying that they had one bar. And our equipment is great if you have, and I don't mean like drinking bar, I mean cell signal bar, sorry. Um, <laughs> but as long as we have some bit of cell signal, you know, the cell booster will give us enough to work from. But we pulled into Death Valley and nothing. Um, mm. And we had planned to be there a week. So we both took spontaneous vacations, um, you know, and we're like, okay, well, lesson learned. <laughs> you know, it can yeah. go awry sometimes. Uh, and in that case, there was not a Starbucks anywhere nearby, you know, where we could get a Wi-Fi signal. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's difficult. But other than those things, and, you know, those are so rare that it's, yeah, I don't mean to oversell it, but it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, nice. Yeah. I, I've been trying to convince my wife to let us downgrade and move into a tiny house. Because if you look at my oh. YouTube history and, and recommendations, 90% of it is people who built a tiny house in one month. And, you know, now they're living off the grid. And I would love to do that. But I also watch, like, tiny house hunters. And, you know, we're a family of five with two mastiffs. And we're looking to downgrade to 300 feet. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? So <laughs> like, there's no way in hell it's ever going to happen. I mean, alone, my wife has in our basement those those 50-gallon tubs you would buy 
at Target filled with Christmas decorations. She's got about seven of them. And so forget, like, there's no way we could ever uh, downgrade from from our house to a, a tiny house or an RV. She would never let me. Yeah, the kids, the kids miss holiday decorations when they're when they're with us, um, you know, over over a holiday. So we have to end up going out, mm-hmm. you know, to places. Uh, yeah, so I will say a lack of a Christmas tree was definitely frowned upon this year. Um, so I failed. <laughs> I failed my holiday decorating duties there. Yeah, we have nothing like that. We do have one paper birthday hat. Um, and you have to we, share. <laughs> well, that is it. If it's your birthday, you get to wear the hat. And you get to wear the hat. The hat. And That's great. It has suffered in two and a half years. So, you know, there's like three staples holding that piece of elastic on now on one side. When, when they're parents, they're going to be, when I was your age, we had one birthday hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to make these huge, elaborate uh, birthday cakes for the kids when they were younger and didn't appreciate them at all. And, you know, my son his birthday this past year he was like well i want he started you know whatever and i was like how about a <laughs> strawberry cake from a box and he's like that's excellent that i'm like great? hey you can't go wrong with fudgy the whale fudgy the whale is timeless oh that's right cookie puss cookie puss yeah yeah exactly but uh, yeah so Aaron, it's been so great talking to you and connecting after all this time um as we wrap up i want to ask you what are some of your best tips my best tips are a little big picture. <laughs> yeah. You were on there, but you know, get rid of the, your stuff, you know, things are just things. Don't, don't form attachments to them. Mm-hmm. If you can, uh, walk as lightly on the earth as possible. You know, there's no need to keep up with Joneses. It's not going to make you happier. All the research shows you know, that's, that's not what brings you happiness in life. Um, give back when you can, you know, right now it's a little bit harder than at other mm-hmm. times, but if you have the opportunity to, to help in some, some way, do it. Um, let's see, don't make things harder than they need to be, you know, just what's it, the kiss principle, you know, keep it simple, stupid, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just, just don't, it, you know, my friends and I were like, don't go looking for drama, you know, but applying that to everything in your life. Um, and then just, you know, be comfortable with growth, be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Um, I apologize. My phone is going off. If you can hear that, I, sorry about that. Let me rewind. Um, <laughs> these are the perils of, of work-life balance. This <laughs> yeah. I thought I had my ringer off, but apparently I did not. Um, so this last one, I'll go back. Uh, you know, become comfortable with growth. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, it's okay to feel out of your element sometimes. It's okay yeah. to, to be flexible and and just open to what's, you know, what's out there. It's interesting when we tell people that we live full time in an RV, one of two reactions happens. Either someone thinks it's the coolest thing they have ever heard of and they start asking us questions about how we do it. 
you know, how, how it works, how we get our mail, you know, people want to know stuff like that, or they immediately start telling me why they can't do it. Oh, I have so much stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and it's just interesting because it's, it's the people who respond with that curiosity, you know, that, that I'm like, ah, you could be one of us, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And Aaron, I didn't even think, how do you get your mail? They have mail services. So there's three states in the United States where you can be a full-time RVer and establish residency, mm-hmm. uh, South Dakota, Texas, and Florida. Um, so those three states have a number of mail forwarding services. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I am a registered citizen of South Dakota, and I get called for jury duty there and you know make trips back and uh pay taxes there and you know all all those kinds of things so it's someone before you has figured it all out and i'm just riding their coattails of (laughs) (laughs) so you just say hey i'm in pennsylvania for the next eight weeks and up goes your mail exactly yep neat they just package it up so technically i live in a file folder in south dakota (laughs) and when i call they you know just put it in a FedEx package and, and ship it to us. Um, I mean, Amazon, I think only one time have they not delivered directly to our RV. Mm. Um, wow. But I mean, there's yeah, now there's drop boxes. Yeah. Now there's even drop boxes, you know, at home Depot or yeah. Lowe's or, yeah. you know, yeah. Whole foods has them now. Yeah. So they're everywhere. Um, all the logistical stuff is not, difficult to figure out so very thankful very cool well Aaron thanks so much it has been uh, a great pleasure talking to you and I'd like that the conversation was so different than what we've had with other guests um, so your perspective and experiences on uh, homework uh, has been uh, really interesting thank you so much for having me guys this was it was great to reconnect, Dave and Harry. Make your acquaintance. This was Likewise. this is a really great time. I'm Thank gonna go you throw so much. all my stuff. This is great. I'm like inspired <laughs> to now just chuck it all. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> there's a, I gotta say, there's a great documentary on uh, Netflix. Last I checked, it was on Netflix. I think it's simply called Minimalism. Um, our friend Patrick Roan is in it. Oh yeah, um, Patrick said that. Yeah. Oh. And it's it's a little hippy dippy in spots, but for the most part, there's some really good takeaways in there about living a, a smaller, cleaner lifestyle without so much stuff, which is something I desperately need to do. Oh, that's fantastic. I'll, I'll have to check it out. I mean, we do have streaming. We live off streaming. So yep. yeah. Nice. Uh, Harry, as we wrap up, what do we need to let the people know? Uh, leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and wherever you find your podcasts. Um, you can also find our show notes at 5x5.tv slash homework slash 241. You can find me at uh, linktr.ee slash hcmarks. That's where you'll find all the links to all of my different internet properties. Uh, Dave, where can people find you? Uh, just sla- switch that slash hcmarks with slash Dave Kahlo, and that is all my fun stuff. And we also want to thank Bottomless for sponsoring this episode. And Aaron, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter, E-R-Doland, D-O-L-A-N-D. And I am on Instagram under tumbleweed.life, though I am horrible about updating. <laughs> uh, 
but you can see, you know, I think there's pictures from our first year of travel up there. Nice. Oh, nice. Excellent. All right. Well, we will be back uh, next week with more work from home tips and tricks and all that wonderful stuff. And in the meantime, go get some work done. Bye. Bye.